I had to shake him on my last case, big O don't play. Alright guys, welcome back to another episode of the Muskie Hunts Podcast. I'm one of your three hosts this evening, Ryan Reed. Three amigos. We are a little short on hunks tonight, <laughs> just saying. We got one hunk doing some trout fishing, and we got another hunk that who knows? Who knows where he is? He could be in Canada, could be in the U.S. Could be laying in a ditch somewhere. He hasn't responded agent. to the thread in two days. I know he's got. Uh, he must be busy with baby and hunks headquarters Canada. So uh, we have two other hunks on the line tonight. We have Mister Donnie Swink. Evening, boys. Good evening. We also have Mister Owen Seaman and Bigos Bucktails. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. So we don't really have a topic, and we really don't have a guest for tonight. And I figured. We might as well just hit record and see what the heck happens. That's right. We're just going to shoot the shit here tonight. All right. So did you guys, to start off, did you guys see that fish that Hans caught on Buffalo Harbor? Oh, my God. Yes. That thing. Well, let's just say whatever was happening that one day, like how many big fish did we see caught on social media that, that one day? You must have sent like three pictures that were just enormous dude that day was a big fish day period across like the entire range it seemed like it is it's crazy right it's so strange dude it's unbelievable how we you know you can go out in the water and like i would say like not consistently to where it happens like all the time but i think like consistently throughout the year we always see like multiple posts of big fish on like the same day. Like every couple of months you get like a big fish day. Right. Okay. Like, so is it- uh, this is going back probably at least a year or two. Do you remember? I believe his name's Josh Borowski. Hmm? He's a Minnesota guide and he's the guy that he has the theory of like the pink moons. And he said that, I forget. It's it's his calculation of the of the distance of the moon close to the earth. And it's these particular days where it's like something of 13 out of 15 seasons of him guiding. And I, don't quote me on that, but it's something like 13 out of 15 seasons of him guiding. They've caught the biggest fish of the year on one of these, what he calls pink days. And, you know, it's just something about it, and it's like, and it, it seems like a freak thing, but then every year it happens, and I don't know, man. I, I wish I could figure that stuff out. Dude, that fish was unbelievable, and I, I haven't – I don't really talk – you know, I don't talk to Hans. I don't really know Hans. I've talked to him at the shows and stuff, but, man, that's just – that's like one of those fish where you just want to, like, walk up to him and just, like, slap him five and be like, great job, dude. That is an unbelievable fish. It was great. It's awesome seeing that picture. And, uh, you know, I, I believe that was the same day that the guys up at the muskie battle were putting huge fish in the bag. I mean, I, the one guy I think caught a 54 and a half. I think yep. that was the biggest one. Uh, you know, that was the biggest fish ever caught in the muskie battle. And I mean, dude, that it just looked like everything about the muskie battle was awesome. The weather looked like it cooperated for the most part being 
late October in northern Minnesota. I mean, hell, it could have been snowing for God's sake. But you know, they it seemed like things went well. A lot of a lot of guys seemed to catch fish and lots of smiles, man. Yeah, they they were very lucky that uh, Jeff and I stayed home this year, so the fishing was really really good for those guys. They were all catching them. So Jeff didn't oh, go. So Jeff did Jeff didn't fish. No, Jeff wasn't able to make it either. That's why it was so good. We're the we're the two. Uh, oh, I didn't. The two I didn't realize. I knew Jeff wasn't running it. Uh, no, I knew well, he, he wasn't was, running it this year, but he was supposed to still go. That was a uh, he had to to bail. A, you know, a little late in the game. I know that due to uh, something. I think he was he's buying a house or he was moving or something like that. And he just wasn't able to make yeah. it. But uh, but yes, yeah, so Alex and Alex and Ben were, I believe, kind of the the main guys that ran that battle. And I know they had a lot of success. There was a lot of fish caught and some big ones, too. Awesome. Oh, Donnie, I know uh, you, we've we've mentioned it before. But I I would really really like to make an effort next year to to try to get the hunks out there, at least a couple of us out there to represent. If they would have us, obviously, and I think you I think you would get us get the shoe in, obviously, Donnie. I I was told that I'm uh, always welcome back. So until somebody vetoes that, we can just show up. That's the way I look at it. <laughs> Let's talk about that for a second, like the logistics of if, if the hunks went to northern Minnesota, you did it two years. Not yeah, not last year, the year before. So two years ago, tell like how long of a drive was that for you to get all the way out there? It's a long drive. Uh, and, I, and I mean, realistically, because when my dad and I would drive to Minnesota to, to the Boundary Waters, it would we would say it's a 24 hour drive, but it was really like only eight hours right. like if you were to just but realistically it takes you 24 with yeah. stops and you know everything else i've done that trip to i've driven to and from northern minnesota three times uh if you gps it from my house i believe it'll say like 18 and a half hours uh yeah. if i'm not mistaken uh, and that's from basically from my front door to Dave in Minnesota's front door. And uh, which he's he's about, you know, he, he's kind of right in there in, in the uh, he's about an hour east, I think, of Bemidji, uh, which isn't far from you know, this. Is, that's where Leech Lake and all that is. And there's a bunch of other lakes around where he is as well. But uh, he lives in Grand Rapids. I was trying to think of the name of the town. But anyway, uh, I mean, truth be told, I've done it both ways. I've driven it straight through, not myself the whole way. Josh and I have my buddy, Josh Hawk, who's, who's taken the trip with me a few times. Uh, he and I have split the drive and driven it straight through a couple times. It's it's rough. <laughs> I'll be the first yeah. one to admit it. Uh, I, I like to just break it up into two days if I can. And just you know, like when I went to the battle last year, I I'm getting older. I was driving by myself half the way because uh, I met Jeff. Yeah. So like where Jeff did live in Janesville, Wisconsin area is almost exactly halfway. It's like nine and a half hours, something like that. So I drove straight to there, uh, got a hotel room, spent the night, and then I picked Jeff up in the morning and we drove the rest of the way to Leach. It was about another 10 hours. You 
you maybe a little bit longer when you take some stops and stuff, but what it would take if the, if the hunks were to make this drive out there, like, you know, you did it without a boat that time. So right. if we went out there next year, I assume we would probably want to take a boat, right. Or we would, would we all want to hop on with other guys that, cause that's more or less what they do. Right. If you're like kind of an out of town guy, you can hop on with somebody else. Right. Right. Uh, I mean, if, if all five of us went, I, I mean, we probably would want to have, we can't get all, least... we can't get all five of us to show up at Canadota Lake. Right. Yeah. I, I feel like that probably wouldn't happen. So if it was yeah. just a few of us, we probably could get away without bringing a boat. Uh, I know uh, a certain guy we've already mentioned on this podcast, Dave in Minnesota. Uh, yeah. Dave in um, Minnesota. He's very close to there and he would love to take us out on the Skeeter. So if it was just you and I, we could even just, you know, do a team out of that, I'm sure. Uh, but, you know, if other guys were involved, uh, I think we can do rules? it. I, can you have you know, three on a could, boat? Yeah. And that's what I mean. I think we could, you know, I'm sure they could set some people up with other uh, host boats and things as well. Uh, I mean, that's basically what Alex told uh, told me this year. He said, just, just get up here. We'll figure it out. Everyone's invited. So. He didn't say make sure you have a boat, <laughs> but yeah. you know, uh, a part of me would like to bring my boat up there, but man, that is that's a long tow. Uh, yeah, and it's it's kind of like it's begging for trouble. Right, you almost gotta you know you definitely gotta you know leave time with the plan that you're gonna replace a couple hubs and probably change a tire or two. You know, you just gotta factor that into your whole trip plan at that point i feel can like I, can i ask you a question about this sure is, can, oh there i go asking asking if i can ask a question again <laughs> and we always allow hey, right tom's not we, tom tom's not here to check his the notes in his phone i'm so. trying to be polite i, I appreciate so. your politeness so thinking about this because you guys know i'm not a boat owner at least yet yet yeah there might yet. be there that might change we'll get to that i want to I'd like to kind of broach that a little bit here tonight because yeah, okay. you got a lot of you have you have a lot of interesting issues, I guess. Yeah. So with what you want to buy. So we okay. So you guys mentioned that that's a long tow, mm-hmm. right? What is, what did we say that was? Twenty hours. Twenty two yeah. hours. It's yeah. Safe to say about twenty hours. If you're driving straight through, and that's with, I mean, that's taking minimal. You know, that's no long hour long lunch dawn senior style breakfast anywhere yeah. type of commute that's you know you stop to pee get a coffee grab some fast food at a drive-thru and hit the road type of driving okay so per- every perkins on the way across the country <laughs> so i'm just thinking about this right because you were like just expect to have issues like i go i, I i've i i'm not trailering a boat but dan and i have made consistent trips to you know pima tuning chautauqua like we spent one year we made like 15 trips to chautauqua or whatever that number was might have been less than that i I can't remember There, there was a lot of trips the one year that we went that's three hours up three hours back six hour tow for that day like what i'm trying what i'm trying to grasp here is like is it easier? Is it, is it like just a percentage thing? Like you're just on the road for longer 
Or is there like a specific amount of time do you feel like at some point you're just going to have an issue? Because what's the difference of doing like 10 trips to Chautauqua at six hours a trip versus the longer tow? I mean, and this might be, you know, just what it is. It's just a long trip. But what, why is it, why is there a difference? Just more can happen when on an extended trip. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, some of it might be just knowing what can go wrong and, and trying to be prepared for it. Uh, but another aspect of that is that if, if, you know, you're, you take multiple trips a year, but you have the opportunity to, to grease your bearings, you know, in between a couple Chautauqua trips or whatever. Whereas, you know, when you're talking about 20 hours of just going on those bearings, if they're not maybe lubed just right, if you have anything going on there, you know, a little bit of deterioration from water damage or anything like that, like in that type of scenario, uh, high stress, long hours, that's typically when something like that's going to break. Plus, it's just musky fishing. So, you know, when you're going somewhere to, you know, supposed to be fun and, and you're all excited about it, something bad's bound to happen, right? Because that's the way it has to be. I was right. just curious. And I think Nick, I think Nick had mentioned we kind of we, we talked a while back, I think, on a little bit on this subject. <laughs> and I think it has a lot to do with the fact that you're not dunking your regular car's wheels directly in water on a regular basis, whereas your boat trailer, you are. You're regularly dunking those those bearings and everything. And again, I'm not a car guy. I might be totally wrong, but everything I've been told is grease your bearings, like grease your bearings like crazy. And mm -hmm. maybe you know, maybe there's a way to overdo it, and I should, you know, be careful. But that was like the first thing my dad did when I bought this boat was like, "You have a grease gun?" I'm like, uh, "I don't think I have a grease gun." Well, let's go to Harbor Freight and get you a grease gun. There it is. We're working on that sponsorship okay. again. So, yeah, Absolutely. indeed. I got a Harbor Freight grease gun too. Look at it. Okay, so I, I gotta I gotta add that to the budget now for a boat as exactly. I need a Harbor yeah, Freight dude, grease dude, gun. Just wait, man. It's just gonna like it just adds up. So what, in case you get it on your shirt. Are you guys going cause cause Owen, we've we've been talking about this boat thing and you were like, I'll come out, I'll I'll help you install a helix unit. Like, yeah. are you guys going to help come out and help me grease bearings too? Like, is somebody going to show me to do that, how to do that? Or am I just like YouTube? I'll and show you, no, Ryan, but I feel like you should be able to being the YouTube star that you are, know that you yeah. can look uh, get on YouTube and greasing bearings. Ain't, it, ain't exactly, it. it ain't exactly brain surgery, but you know, it's, All right, it, well, it, you'll be able to figure that out. My I've biggest question is greased are like a lot of how things to, how to winterize life. your outboard. You know, how do you like Donnie, are you winterizing your your boat or do you you're just going to use it all year round? No, I don't winterize it. I mean, I hope that I'll get to use it year round like I typically do. But I'll, I mean, I run, I try to run the fuel out of it and I make sure the water is drained out of it this time of year. But I, I just I, I keep it ready to go. It's in my garage. My garage is not heated, but it's you know, out of the elements. And if I get a warm day or a nice, an opportunity in January, I'm going fishing. I'm going to throw it on the river and go. Now, do you, uh, you, you don't winterize it, but 
I mean, it's it's in a garage, so it's not like out in the elements. It may not be, it may not be a heated garage, but it's not getting as cold as the absolute outside would be. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so I, I'd say that's better than than just leaving your you know your boat outboard out in the open because that's kind of what I'm considering. I've been, I've been considering doing with the the gymmers is just leaving it here. That way, I have access to it. Because as soon as I put it in, as soon as I put it in storage, it's going to be piled behind pontoon boats and shit. And mm -hmm. if there's a beautiful day in late November, I won't have access to it where I'd like to keep it out. And I don't know. I, I'm still I'm just kind of thinking it all through here. I don't know. And I know we're going to save, I have so many questions for you guys on this topic and I know we're going to save this for when all of us are on, but like, dude, thinking about owning a boat and the biggest challenge and hurdle that I think I have, and maybe there's a lot of people out there that have the same challenge and hurdle is like, where the heck do you store this thing? Right? Yes. Like I have, I, I don't have a garage at my house. But I do have, you know, I have alley parking, essentially, like I have a parking pad off my an alley in the back of my house. And I have room to expand that parking pad, which would be enough room for a boat. However, what do you do with it? Do you put a carport in? Do you spend all that money on a garage? Do you do you tarp it? Like, what the heck do tarp you do? It? That's you know, kind of an, what I was thinking too. You, you get an all weather, like an all weather cover, like one of the real, like heavy covers, and you just you just roll with it. Like I, I've heard uh, multiple opinions on this now. And, okay, so you guys, you guys have all been to the property here at Canadota. So obviously, I can park. I could park probably four boats in my, you know, two, th two or three boats in my driveway if I wanted to. Like if if. if if, if just storage was the issue, but to me, that's not the issue. It's having it covered well, and it's having it, you know, not necessarily heated, but not, not susceptible to the absolute bitter cold, because even in an unheated garage in an unheated barn, it's still warmer than it is on the outside, yeah. you know, than it is in the pure, in the pure out, out in the elements. Yeah, you're protected from the wind. You're not like, having snow pile up on the motor and stuff like that. Like I get it. Right. I agree with you. There is an element to that. Do I think that it's makes that big of a difference? I, I don't know. I guess it, I, I think really your biggest thing is probably, you know, as long as you have a really good cover, I think that's where if you're going to store it outside, that's probably what, you know, you don't want to be doing that with it the 1995 one from Amazon or whatever that barely fits on your boat. Right. And yes, I'd say the cover to be 100% honest, the cover with my gym boat is probably one of the biggest pains in the asses. And that's a big reason why it's, it sank. It's a big reason why I constantly have water in it because it's not a, it's not a boat that has any type of a, a standard hull. Like you cannot buy any type of a cover that is standard. Like, you know, you can't go just go to Dick's and, or to, to Sportsman's Warehouse and buy one of these covers. It's going to fit it because it, it just the cover just sits on top of it and it just gathers water. I mean, it, it, it just mm -hmm. collects water no matter what. So I need to have I'm, I'm, I'm going to be taking it to have one of these Amish covers made 
And hopefully that does the trick, you know, but I'm, I don't even know if I would want to leave it completely outside during the winter, even with an Amish cover, you know, like, I don't know. It's just like the, the elements are serious, man. I mean, I think if you can, if you can avoid it, uh, you know, I, I personally think it's best by far, you know, I just know not everybody, like Ryan said, not everybody has a garage, not everybody has a carport or, or a place to do it. Do I think a, a, a good cover will do the job? Yes. Do I think it's ideal? No. Uh, if, if, it's, yeah, that's a good way to, to put it. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, if, I, I'm glad that I have a garage. I'll say that. And that was a big reason why I told my wife I wanted to buy this house when we were looking for it, because I wanted to have a garage to put a boat in, you know, and then then I got the boat. But. Uh, I don't know. It, yeah, it's 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 tough. I mean, these are all things that you don't really think about. Like, if you're like, oh, man, I'd love to go out and buy a boat. Like, yeah, OK, cool go buy a boat but then there's all these other you know factors that ryan is now wrestling with like where do you store it where do you know not only that but it's like okay do i go out and if i'm going to invest in a boat do i go out and buy a brand new boat that is you know if i don't have a cover you know like if i don't have all these other things it's like if you were to buy a brand new boat and you didn't have a garage to store it in it's like why are you buying a brand new boat? Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. kind of like we're putting the chicken before the egg or the car before the horse, whatever, what, whatever you want to say. That's been my life the last like three days is <laughs> just questioning everything that I've been doing. Uh, but I get it. So I want to, I want to take a step back for a second because I think it's important to say this because we are, you know, we we've been talking a lot on this podcast about trying to keep things like positive, trying to keep things like um, I don't know. I don't want to say like we are still weekend warriors, right? Like we are not professional fishermen. We are not guys that are on the water every single day. Like I think it's important to like translate this for me specifically into like this whole topic of boat ownership. You guys are obviously a lot more experienced than me when it comes to this. So I don't want to like, I'm asking questions as, as a complete, basically idiot at this point. You know what I mean? But I don't want to sound like, I don't want to sound like a complete idiot because I've done a lot of research, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I think it's okay because there might be a lot of other people out there that may Dude, listen I to this. I think there's a lot of other people out there that are listening, that are going to listen to this and be like, okay, I don't have a boat. I don't have any of these things. And like, how would I even get my, how do I even put my first foot forward into getting a boat? Because you look on Instagram and everyone's got to have a big boat. You know, everyone's got this big boat. Everyone's fishing out of Rangers and everyone's fishing out of Lunds and Alumacrafts. And it's like, oh, well, I'm, you know, am I really keep, am I really a musky fisherman if I don't have a big boat like that? And the answer is yes. Like, you can make a boat into anything you want. You got to have the right like bones to the boat. And that's kind of where I think you are, Ryan, is like you're trying to figure out what the bones are that you want in this boat so that you can kind of build on top of it. And I think from me and the boat that I, I kind of thought I was doing that too, and I bought the wrong boat because it, it, isn't, it isn't 
a deep V. It, it doesn't have the room that I need. And after three years of fishing on it, I know that now. Um, so, and I think Ryan, you fished on my boat. I think, you know, pretty well, you don't want a boat that's like mine in the sense of having just a pure deck and no, you know, no ability to sit down in it. And so I think you have a pretty good idea that you don't want something that's like mine, but see, here's, you want here's something a... more like, more like, you know, Donnie's, which is a deep V and has a lot more room, a much wider, a much wider beam. I mean, Donnie, what's your beam like 88 inches? I think it's 84. Pretty sure it's 87. Is it 87? Because I, 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 I think I looked it up. It's pretty, it was, a, it was, yeah, I want to say 88, 87, 87 might be it. say that. It's 80, it's at yeah. least 87 because we had this discussion like months ago and I remember looking it up and thinking your beam is the same as Sidney Crosby's number. So I'm going with 87 inches. You might be right. <laughs> I was trying to, I, I can't remember. I know we had, yeah, I know I had to Google it the last time we had this boat conversation Last year, I think on the podcast, I was looking it up. Yeah, I think the beam is something that is completely overlooked, especially when you're trying to buy a used boat. Is some of these older boats, their beams are very, very narrow, and even a deep V, you get a narrow beam, and that thing is not going to feel nearly as stable as getting on Donnie's, you know, tracker deep V with an eighty-seven inch beam. So, you know, I, I, these are, it's kind of like, just like a learning experience. I think, you know, that like, you're like, okay, when I'm looking for a boat, I know that I'm not looking for something with a 70 inch beam, like Owen's boat has, I'm looking for something with more with, you know, 78 to 80, 82, something like that. So here's the very interesting part about my boat search, because I've been all over the map. Like I've been, I've looked at a lot of used boats. I've looked at new boats, like we finally made the decision. When I say we, I'm going to say we made the decision to not buy a new boat. And I was very high on like the Lund Angler series. Like I, I just love that boat, but we made the decision to not do that because of other factors. And, you know, one of the things I was thinking about was, have you guys heard, like have people talking about like this recession that's coming? Yeah. Oh, the fact right? that, yes, like, the country is and. Everything costs a shitload more right now. And I don't think things are going to be getting much better here in the very near future. So you got to keep those things in mind. Like, does, so what does that mean in terms of the boat, boat buying market? So we're talking, I'm hearing all this, you know, financial advisors and all these people are saying about this recession coming. Okay. We've lived through a couple of recessions now and I get that. And I've been very personally speaking for myself, I've been very fortunate enough to have work. You know, I know a lot of people have lost work and had have, have had issues over the last even couple of years with COVID. Thinking about that, th thinking about, you know, situation like finan financial situations like with with us having jobs that may or may not be there. It just doesn't make sense to buy a new boat with with a, a payment that's X amount of money. Right. So as much as I wanted to start with a new boat and just start with everything I wanted on it, like not, I'm not talking Ranger here. I'm talking Lund 1650 angler with like a helix nine or 10 on it, you know, mediocre trolling motor and a 20 horse. That's like really all I wanted. It's at least the side console, if not, you know, the full windshield, but it's not feasible. So we're not going to do that. 
But the very interesting thing is, Owen, you said like you don't want my style of boat. Well, that's not necessarily true because what I'm finding out here is in my in my boat search is I'm almost in, in picture it like this. Imagine if you guys had I'm not going to say an unlimited budget, but a budget to where you could do multiple things. OK, does it make sense like as a prog- as a progressional boat owner? That you have these thoughts of like, for example, like starting out with like, say, a kayak, right? Like I saw Jeff, Jeff Contreras just got a kayak recently. I saw him post about that. I've had this internal struggle about buying a kayak to go musky fishing for years now. Okay, but truth be told, I'm a big body dude and there ain't a lot of space on those kayaks, especially particularly with the amount of baits that I would take with me, right? And the bodies of water you want to fish, like, uh, and I, I shouldn't say that because you you might want to fish. A kayak might inspire you to fish different bodies of water. And that's but so. The bodies of water you you fish are larger bodies of water, and that's not necessarily a kayak type of thing. That's true, but but there are applications where I could fish throughout the year from a kayak in different areas and focus on those areas and be a successful musky fisherman. Absolutely. Right. Like I'll just, uh, I'll just throw this out there about the kayaks and you guys can tell me whether you agree or not. I see these big kayaks that are from like for musky, you can stand up in them. You still need a goddamn trailer. Like you still need all this stuff. It is, this is not like a tiny little, Oh, this is so simple. I'm just going to be able to just take it down to my local Creek and, Floated. See, like, no, this you is, got a trail of these things. This is where the Harbor Freight sponsorship comes into play, gentlemen. <laughs> because Harbor We're Freight really trying here. Harbor Freight, my friends, has a truck bed extender. Uh, We're to the point where the only sponsorship the Musky Hunks will ever accept, ever, would be must it would be Harbor Freight. And Costco. And Costco. And Costco. Yeah. So yeah. Costco. Kirkland, we could we would we would do a Kirkland signature musky hunks uh collab. Any day of the week, and I will tell you, like I talk, and you guys, you guys, we would, and, wait, and we would consider sheets if they switch back to the good sausage. Oh yes, it's the only way. That's it. You're absolutely it right. Sheets. You know, like I've talked to a lot of people, and like I, I'm just gonna, I don't want to like drop names and stuff all the time, but like you guys know Brady Martz, he's local guy here in Pennsylvania. Like Brady, dude. Yeah, he got real into the the kayak thing he awesome kayak fisherman i mean he's a really good fisherman in general but i talked to him like a couple years ago about kayaks and i never followed through with it like i really wanted to set up time with him to get into this thing and it was for a very specific like niche style of fishing niche 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 no i've said it both ways niche it it just like a very specific thing and like niche i started thinking about that and i'm like all right what if i get like a helix seven and I throw it on a kayak and maybe go do some vertical jigging somewhere or where Dude, I- look at the, um, what's her name? The, the Fisher, um, mm-hmm. Christine, Christine Fisher, like yeah. dude, her kayak, her kayak probably costs. Uh, I, I am 1 million percent confident. Her kayak costs more than my boat. Yeah. I, so I've looked at the pedal dry. I looked at a lot of different things and it's, you may as well buy a boat. So then progressionally, I think about that. And then I progressionally, I'm thinking like, Okay, what about like a jimmer? What about a jimbo? Like a like an Alumacraft, like 165 Pro. 
you know, that's mm-hmm. or like a low scorpion, like tomboy. Yes, yeah, like Tom. Okay, yeah. so that's the next progression. I'm sitting here thinking, okay, well, I can make this. Like, I can cast. I can do this. I can maybe put get the risers, and I can do the rod holders, and I can do the same. You know, I did this on Tom's, Tom's boat. Tom's got his boat. Tom has done a hell of a job of setting up his boat to to make it workable in a small boat that he has. Like, he's really done. I I feel he's really done a good job of that. I, I agree with that. Dude, I feel I I honestly for that boat and the way he has it set up, it fishes really well for him. You know, like me, I am not I'm a big dude. I mean, you guys know this. You just spent a whole weekend with me and watched me eat like four pounds of steak. Like <laughs> I I do not do well stability wise on a deck like Tom's. Okay. But again, talking about small lakes small creeks small uh, like smaller bodies of water or even like pimey or somewhere with low wind scenarios like dude that's a not a bad option of a boat right but then i get to my third progression and i'm like donnie what do i typically how do i typically fish what do i like to do oh you're what tom would describe as a hardcore trawler that's what i love to do right I love it. I love trolling baits and people laugh at that. Like I'm just some like chunky dude that sits on the front of her in the back of a boat and like trolls baits. But the point, the truth is like, I really love the technical I'm aspect. Gonna I'm going to do a Ryan Reed right here and say, can we talk about this for a second? Yeah. Can we talk about the whole stupid perception of the troller versus caster. Oh yeah. We can get into chest that. thumping. Yeah, let's do it. Yes. yes, yes, let's talk about it because I, I think it's a I think it's I got an two beers conversation left. Let's to go. be had. It's an important conversation to be had. Uh, because I will say that when I started musky fishing fishing, casting was the only thing I really knew about. Like that's how the TV shows that I watched, Larry Dahlberg, it was casting, casting, casting. Of course, like you you would see you, you knew it could be done, but I didn't know. I wasn't sophisticated enough. I had no idea. I thought it was all casting. Then you start, uh, let's say I start fishing with people who obviously know more than I do. Okay. And so I'm there to learn from them. And while I have a conception in my head, like, okay, muskie is, is like, I've, I've seen it on TV. It's casting, casting, casting. And you, you, you talk to guys and you start to learn from these guys. And it's like, wait a second, you know, there are ways to do both. You know, you can, you can cast, you control, and, and there are applications for both. And the more I've gotten to know the guys that I really trust fishing, you know, you guys included, um, is like, if you're not, if you don't know how to do both, you are missing out on fish. And one probably i don't know that one is necessarily better than the other but certain people prefer one over the other i'm not going to knock anyone for preferring one over the other but i think personally as a weekend warrior when i go out there on my little boat if it's too windy i'm not going to be able to cast so i better know how to troll right if not i'm just going to go out there and i'm going to waste my time casting into the wind on a boat and you know, it's like, it's silly. If you really want to be a complete musky fisherman, you need to learn how to do all these things. And my boat isn't perfect for trolling, but I've made it to a point where I can troll three rods myself, just doing it myself. And 
you know, it, I feel like I can cover that. I can check that box. I'm not great at it by any stretch of the imagination. Ryan knows that he's, he was out there fish hawking stuff with me. Cause I don't, I don't know what my, you know, my depths and lines, line lengths and all that stuff are. That's part of my journey here, but I'm 100%. Tomorrow I'm here at the Dota. I'm going out and trolling. I didn't even bring, I literally did not even bring any bucktails or anything. I'm simply going out there trolling deep and I'm going for the Dota queen. It's late. Oh it's yeah. October. Baby. Yes. Oh, yes, gonna, dude. Uh, and I am, I'm, I'm, I'm going to troll. I, I'm going to troll certain areas. I, I know right in my head right now. Like I know exactly the main spots that I want to, continue to go back and back over and it's gonna and i have nothing in my head about casting for tomorrow and i'm totally cool with that you know what i mean like i don't feel like my day tomorrow is going to be any less of a musky fishing day because that's how people try to make you feel like so what what are we I saw, talking I saw, about i saw here? a facebook comment like someone posted a trolling thing and, and another person commented like that's not even musky fishing it's i don't get it and it I, I, I don't know. Like, I can't quite wrap my head around the mentality that you wouldn't, if, if you love and you truly enjoy fishing and you enjoy musky fishing or any type of fishing, really. But if, you know, if you enjoy musky fishing and you enjoy catching muskies and these fish in general and having experiences with these fish, why you wouldn't want to learn and take every opportunity to find new and different ways to catch them and, and different experiences, you know, however it might be, whether it's casting, whether it's jigging, trolling, live bait, you know, they're all different experiences and it's all fun and it's all just adding to an arsenal, you know, all the great, greatest musky fishermen, if you will, all the top guides, all of those guys, they know how to do all of it you know and and that's that's just that's being a fisherman that's learning all of it and i'm certainly not saying that i know all of it by any means i've taken i've been lucky enough to get out with different guides at different types of times a year and i've booked trips and i've learned and seen different tactics over the years uh and tried to mimic some of those things and i've had some successes and it's you know i enjoy trying to do those different things. You know what I mean? Like, I know, I know that somebody, you know, I know that there's a guide on Lake X that knows how to catch these fish this time of year trolling. And I'm going to, I want to go there and I'm going to try to do that, you know, something similar, or I know this guy, you know, can, you know, they do it, they get them jigging or whatever. So I want to, I want to try and learn that way too. Like what? I don't know. I, to, to just, downplay another one because it's not the way you prefer to do it another tactic i I just can't quite understand so what talk talk to me here what do we think is the perception though because we we started down this path of like why what is the perception of trolling why did what what are we talking there's a there's a bit of there's a bit of toxic masculinity involved um where if you're a troller you are not as tough you're not as you know if you, if you were a real fisherman you'd be out there casting pounders you'd all be day out there grinding grinding grinding, grinding. you'd be grinding pounders right you know? and, and i uh, think 
I think another part of it, though, too, is that a lot of people, you know, they have this vision of trolling as like, you know, the the walleye bachelor party at Lake Erie that, you know, you're just going out there to drink beer. Yeah. Just driving around, reeling in fish all day, getting hammered and, and. There's no real work or anything involved in it. And I'm not downplaying any of that either. If that's your, if that's what you enjoy doing and you want to go out to Lake Erie and get all smacked up and reel in walleyes, <laughs> so go for it. I've done it. It's fun. I'm not, I'll be the first okay. one to admit it. But. So, so let me, let me be completely honest here and say that when I see certain pictures from certain lakes of these, you know, guide boats that literally they aren't, fishing boat they they're not like you know the fishing boats we fish on they are like you know ocean going vessels like the they're, they're they are guys. basically tuna tuna trolling boats that <laughs> doesn't really appeal to me and but again i feel like i'm being judgmental just like anyone else being judgmental about trolling you know so, like well i was talking about you know, yeah no i get what you're saying for sure but I was talking about being a chunky dude that likes to sit down and just drag baits, right? Is that the perception? Is that what the casters no. think? No, but is that what the casters, the, not the casters, but these guys that are making these comments on Facebook, oh, that's not fishing. Is that the perception? Do they think like I just sit there like and eat potato chips all day and drive around and like drink beers and like I think so. dragging baits? I think, I think, I think there's a is. bit of that perception. And the truth is, even if it is, who cares? Like, even right. if that is what you're doing, like, I, that's what I mean. I just don't get it. Uh, I, I don't understand. But it's like, yeah, I, I mean, and I know I've said it on multiple podcasts in the, pa- in the past. I know I have. But, like, if you ask me would I rather catch a fish casting or would I rather catch a fish trolling, I would tell you casting. Right. Sure. And but that- I also, like, it. there's a – you know, we all, we talk about it. We've mentioned it. Like we get so much time to fish. We have limited time to fish. And I like to catch muskies at least sometimes. <laughs> like right. I don't right. care. And, and, you know, there are times of the year where, especially where we live, your odds of catching a muskie are significantly better by trolling, especially if you've taken the time to learn how to do it a little bit. And right. And even like Nick was saying, just the difference between bumping up your speed from like 3.5 to 4.2 means you are going to cover another, you know, three miles or something, you know, like you're going to cover a significant more amount of water. So, I mean, there's, there are obviously like percentages, not yes, per, per, like strategic right. percentage intellectual advantages to it. Yeah. So, but the, but Donnie, to your point, like we're talking about catching muskies, right? Like in the great state of Pennsylvania, we get three trolling rods, right? We are playing the percentage. And I'm not saying like, we, you remember we had Bang and Bottom on and Doug, I remember Doug saying this. He said, everybody knows casting's the way, right? Everybody yeah. knows like catching a musky casting is exciting and it's like, manly and all this other stuff like it's it's fun it's and i i really love casting too and like it's it's weird because i'm a caster at heart like i've always casted growing up but 
there is an aspect to this trolling that people just don't understand. It's not about reeling in the fish. It's about getting that fish to eat. It's about higher percentages, more rods, more baits, covering more water. And, and basically, it's not just chuck a bait at, at the back of the boat and pray. It's not that. It's like reading right. bodies of water. It's reading spots. It's reading bait. It's reading, you know, how, how do you run? Your, where do you run your lures? Do you know your lures well enough to get them down to that that point where they're going to get bit. Like it's all of this technical stuff. That's exactly where the, the huge disconnect between people that the ones that are on Facebook saying that's not fishing. They don't know that they don't get that because they haven't done that. And, you know, I think the, the conception or misconception, like you were saying, is that that's what, that's what these people's idea of trolling is like. You just cast the bait. bait out from the back of your boat and drive around the lake in circles and hope a muskie bites. Like that is not what the people that know what they're doing are doing out there. Everything they do is calculated. Every bait that they're running, they're running for a reason at an exact depth at an exact speed across an exact spot you know, yeah, or at least they're trying to, they might not be accomplishing all of these things the way that they want to, but that should be the goal. That's how you execute it well. And it's not easy. I don't care what anybody says is, are there, does it up your percentages? Absolutely. You're covering water. You have more baits in the water, but it, to anybody who says it's easy, they haven't done it. So this is another culture thing that needs to change, right? Because it's just another thing that I see that's negative on social media where people are like, that ain't fishing. That ain't musky fishing. You, no, you have cheating. flabby arms. You, you, yins, <laughs> yins have flabby arms. Yins aren't out there putting the work in. You know, yins aren't fishing. No. Yins are e-casting. Yins are e-casting, Nate As Bud. Nate Bud would Nate say. Bud. Come on, Nate Bud. <laughs> Get with the program, right. buddy. Well, we were talking about trolling. We were talking about right. the idea that the, the idea that somehow trolling makes you less of a musky fisherman, maybe less of a man. You know, are you you know are you just lazy? Are you you know whatever the the people have? We've all heard all this shit about it. But if you look at the most successful musky fishermen out there. And I can pretty much say, you know, I mean, I don't know them all. I don't know them all, but I bet that most of them are good at both. And most people do not say, oh, I will only cast or I will only troll. Yes, I think people might lean towards maybe, you know, 70% casting versus 30% trolling, which is fine. But the fact that you're you're not saying, oh, I won't troll. It's the it's the people that are saying, I I refuse to troll because I don't believe it's really fishing. I mean, that's just silliness. That's just silly and that's stupid. And it's and I and I know people feel that way. When I say stupid, I don't mean like the people yeah. are stupid. I mean the idea is stupid. You know, silly. I, I mean, you know, if again, if if that's what you want to do. And that's what you prefer to do exclusively. And you're okay with, you know, 
probably catching less fish throughout any given season, especially as a weekend warrior. Uh, I, I don't think there's a problem with that. I understand it. There were years at the beginning of my musky fishing journey, if you will, that that's what I, that's the way I was. Uh, you know, I didn't really troll uh, and I didn't catch nearly as many fish, but I enjoyed it. Um, but, and I, but I enjoy what I'm doing now too, where I kind of do both. And, you know, there's times of the year where I have found ways to be, you know, successful casting. And I know that I can go and cast certain areas and certain places and, and typically the same time of year and probably have some action. Um, and there's times of year where I know where I control and have action. And the truth is a lot of times it's, in the summer when it's hot and I don't really want to be cast in any way. So it's, it's nice to get on a friend's boat like Charlie's or something with the Bimini top. Cause mine doesn't have that. I will next year though, get out of the sun and just drag some baits around and catch a muskie without having to cast for 17 hours from 6 AM to 10 PM and or whatever it is. And, <clears throat> To try so and catch we've, one fish. We've and, also we've we've talked in the past about like there's a big difference between if you're just going out for one day to fish as opposed to fishing for multiple days because you're mm -hmm. going to treat it differently. You might cast more if you're only out there one day fishing, but if you're gonna like do an entire week of fishing and you think you're gonna cast for an entire week of musky fishing, good luck to you. I mean, quite honestly, you might be able to do it, and there are people that do do it but are you going to really enjoy yourself number one number two are you really going to take advantage of you know being able to explore the water whatever waters it is that you're fishing for an entire week like it, you you're going to be able to cover it better trolling to some degree than you would casting I think too, like, I mean, like you're saying that like trolling really helps you learn a body of water. It really helps you learn areas where bait likes to kind of like, you know, like hang out certain Congregate. times of the year, right? Like, mm -hmm. and that sometimes that stuff translates from year to year. <clears throat> and though, yes, you can still learn at casting. Sometimes trolling kind of elevates that a little bit quicker and it gets you up to speed a little bit quicker just because of how much water you're covering. Right. And you well, can always go back and cast that areas too. Uh, there's a lot of places right. or spots that I've found trolling that I've, you know, adapted as what I would call casting spots or whatever on lakes that I didn't even know, you know, these spots existed until I found them trolling. Then, you know, now I've gone and casted them and caught fish there. It's like, all right. You know. So, I, uh, so I, I kind of like started this before my microphone cut out earlier, but like there's, you got to look at, there are certain types of people. Okay. There are types of people, no matter what they are doing, they want to do it the hardest way. Like mm -hmm. they want to do it the most extreme way because that makes them feel like they are doing it better than everyone else, even though they may not be so as successful as anyone else that gives them the, in, that gives them an embedded excuse to say, Oh, well, I did it the hard way. I casted the entire time. And that's why maybe, you know, like it gives you almost like an excuse to say, I did it the right way. You did it, you know, trolling. Therefore your fish is somehow less, you know, Meaning, meaningful, worthy, less meaningful. meaningful or worthy than my fish. 
when, you know, I just think that is, if that's your mindset, I, I guess I kind of understand where you're coming from because you have the wrong mindset to the entire thing ordeal here yeah. to the whole yeah. thing here. You know, if you're trying to show off, yeah, who are right, you competing right, right. with? That's the thing. Right. Like what is it, it, it again? You're, you're who going you, out right. there. Who are you impressing, you're supposed dude? to be going out there. The whole idea of this, right. Is to go out and have a good time. Yeah, dude. Like it, it, like, at least that that's what I'm doing it for. I don't get paid to go musky fishing. I, right. I it costs me money every time right. I go. A oh, lot yeah. of money costs us all a lot of money. Like going back to the boat thing. Yeah. Ryan's going to have to build a damn garage just to get a boat. Yeah, dude. So this is coming from full, just, full just, circle. No, just to get a boat, just to get all the other problems that come with a boat. Which right. is, I got to update the electronics. I got to get, I got to put the track on. I got to get my trolling. Like, I mean, dude, there's so many things. And it's so funny. It's so funny because I don't even own the boat and I'm already stressed about the boat. Like you guys have already stressed me out about having a boat. Like this is a great way to start boat ownership. Yeah. So, but I want to take this full circle for a second because this, 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 this conversation's important, guys. Like, the reason it's important is for anybody that's going to listen to this. Like, this is, I'm going to say this is my opinion, but this culture needs to change. Like, we need to stop thumping our chest as musky fishermen and saying, Oh, you're a troller. You sit there, you fat piece of crap. You all you do is eat chips all day and drink beer and troll around. And you, that's not fishing. We need to stop making these stupid comments on social media and we need to stop. We need to stop this wave of arrogance that comes with musky fishing. Right. It's, it I think that goes to, I think it goes to, we've, you know, we've mentioned before that, that muskies being the apex predator, it attracts the, the alpha male, so mm-hmm. to speak. And it's like, if you aren't the alpha male in this, in this industry, you're looked down upon as, you know, you know, not being worthy and not being as tough and all these other things when all we're doing is all everyone's trying to catch fish. Like whether you're a 65, 70 year old man, like just, that just wants to troll around and try to catch a couple muskies. Like, you, you know, what the, what the hell is wrong with that? I, yeah. I, you know, the one it's thing about- I will say is I like to think, and maybe I'm wrong, but I, in the, the majority of interactions I've had with people throughout, you know, the muskie, you know, since I've started muskie fishing, whether it's just a guy I ran into at a boat ramp or some people, you know, at a show that are maybe a little more involved in a community or anything of the sort. I think, I think the majority of the people are good guys that feel similar to how we're speaking right now. I think they're the, the quiet quieter guys they're not the main voices that you see on social media Mm -hmm. and things like that so it can it can seem like those guys are the majority because they're the ones you see and hear from the most but i i don't think that that's the case i i think there are a lot more guys that feel the same way we do about this than we probably even realize no i get that for sure 100%. I think so too. I, I think there's a lot more guys in our positions than in 
the other positions of the guys, you know, that, that own the Ranger 621s and the range, you know, these huge boats and like that are in the industry. Like, well, I mean, not we are that though. I just mean the people that, you know, cause it, it's, I don't think, honestly, I don't think necessarily it's those guys either. Maybe, maybe it is sometimes, but you know, I, I see the, the guys that are usually the loudest on social media and in regards to these things are usually, uh, I, I don't, they're, they're uh, how do I say Go ahead it? and say it. <laughs> Just say it, say dude. It. Uh, say it. They are the guys that are wading the banks with no boats at all. They are the guys that are probably the least invested in the sport. Well, that goes to that the old run, thing that run, don't, don't ever take, don't ever take criticism from someone that you wouldn't take advice from. Right. They they Oof. they are probably Period. the least invested time and financially wise, and they are always the loudest. Yeah, and that's in in social media allows those people to have a louder voice than they normally would have but twenty the problem, years ago. Do you know what I mean? The problem, and and I agree with that. But the problem that I have is what these guys are doing is they're affecting other people to the point where they're you know they're 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 making. For new guys coming into the sport, they're not setting a good example. I agree. And this is leading – what this is leading to is this constant, like, struggle between, like, the people that are just, like, good, solid human beings that just keep their mouth shut. You know, the people that don't feel the need to just make a comment on a post that they don't agree with. You know, the people that just want to fish, dude, and have fun, right? Like, right. <clears throat> These other people that are getting into the sport, like these loud, obnoxious idiots that are spewing all of this garbage, they're affecting and they're having an effect on other people. And I've seen that. Like, I I guess, uh, you know, to to bring it around what I was trying to say there, and I don't think maybe I got it out quite right, but have you, uh, um, setting aside maybe one guy that I guess we don't have to use his name, but everybody knows is relatively loud on facebook uh cough cough uh he fishes st Clair a little bit cough i think uh, but, but i'm not gonna anyway, do it i'm not gonna say inside that one gentleman if you will uh you know when you see say a, a new guy holding a musky vertically with a, a a boga grip on some random musky page you know it's not typically your full-time guides or the people that are your Greg Thomas's of the world that are commenting, Hey, learn how to hold a musky, right. bro. Right. Like, right. 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 Dead fish. Like, you know, it's guys that probably have caught three muskies in their lives that somehow think that they know it all. And they're the experts in this scenario. And, you know, that's the part that I've never really been able to quite wrap my head around uh, that, they think that they know more than anybody else, but I don't know. It's we. Well, yeah, I, I gotta I gotta comment on this real quick, and then I want to circle back around where I initially started with my third like my third set of like boat reasonings here. <laughs> yeah, we've we've kind of gone all over the place. Did you guys? <laughs> I know we're we're up and down, but it's all good. That's right. Did Did you guys happen to see on one of the musky pages on Facebook, like in the last maybe month month and a half? There was a young man. I'm not going to mention his name. He posted a picture of a muskie that he had caught in a creek. 
and he decided he decided to keep that muskie. It was of oh, legal yeah. size. He decided to keep that muskie. Okay. Now this is where this is where this line in this muskie community gets blurred here because the line is in the sand. And if you keep a muskie, dude, people want to kill you. They just want to kill you. They don't want they don't want to mess with you. They don't want to give you a hard time. They want to obliterate you and kill you on social media. This kid is young. He's a young younger kid. He's probably like 16, 17. He posts this picture and he says this. And the muskie community, guys that I've I've talked to, guys that I've talked to on social media destroyed this young man. Absolutely freaking destroyed this young man on social media. That's bullshit. And, and my question to anybody out there is like, okay, as a muskie fisherman, okay, we know, we, we already know that we are just absolutely bent on conservation of the fish, right? We're, we want to protect that resource. We are catch and release. A lot of us are only catch and release. And that's, the, that's supposed to be the culture, right? So naturally- we spend this money to for our permits here in Pennsylvania for the stocking effort. We make sure, you know, we donate to Muskie's Inc. We do the bait raffles. We do the tournaments, whatever it takes to, to contribute to the fishery to make sure we can stock and preserve that resource. We are conservationists for these fish, okay? As a standard, that, that is the culture. However, that young man caught a legal fish. Yeah. Okay, it is a fish. He caught a legal fish, fish and he decided to take it home and eat it. You have no right as a social media warrior, musky angler, musky community expert, you have no right to say anything that would threaten that human being and or anything that's going to essentially all this negativity and things. Oh my god, the fishery is done. It's dead. It's, it's gone. It's screwed. Because he they, kept these fish are stocked. Like these well, fish are, you know what I mean? So the point is in West Virginia, their stocking is not, they have not had the level of stocking that Pennsylvania has had. This is a known thing where they're talking about this. However, instead of beating this young man up on social media, maybe what you guys need to do is band together as a group of musky fishermen and go to your DNR Go to Fish and Boat and start that stocking program and give them the resources they that they need to rear these fish and stock these fish and stop or beating if people. You have up. Such a problem. If you have such a problem with that size of a fish being harvested, then you better go to the you go to your state DNR and get them to up the creel limit, you know, up the up the, yes. the legal limit. Because that's how how do you think Georgian Bay and all these like trophy fisheries protect their their fish you cannot take a fish out of the georgian bay less than 54 inches 54 inches mm -hmm. you cannot harvest a fish less than 54 inches like that is insane and so what pennsylvania is 30 well 40. no it's 40 but oh, is it 40 now it was 30 years ago yeah. yeah they upped it to 40 it might be 42 now no, it might, yeah, it's whatever it is, that's still not a, that's not a trophy muskie. Even at Canadota, even at a, even in a small kettle lake in Pennsylvania, a forty-two is not a trophy muskie. So we are allowing people, we're allowing essentially the idea of it in in Canada in these lakes that have the trophy, you know, 
creel limit, so to speak, is that once a fish gets to 54 inches, it's not a reproducing, right. it's not a really viably reproducing fish. And so you can take that fish out of the system and it's not going to negatively impact the system. That's my understanding of it. That might be wrong. But yeah. if Pennsylvania has, you know, we're 42 inches, there is a 0% chance that 40. taking a 42 inch. 40, 40 inches. 40. 40. Inches. So 40 inches. There is no way that 40 inches is non-reproducing fish you know what i mean like it's it the idea of it they're two completely different i guess standards like i don't know what the standard would be in pennsylvania 40 inches is no real de line of demarcation when it comes to musky maturity all i know is the lions get me real nervous because if it's 42 i got a bunch of 41 inch muskies in my freezer i hope the dnr doesn't No, it's 40 up. i just okay. looked it up oh no, that's right. 40. The, the fillets i'll be honest with you guys i i don't know because i release every fish i don't even keep trying anymore so i don't know i just know i'm going to release a fish if i catch it regardless of what it is yeah. but you know to this point is like i know we're talking we're all over the place here tonight and it, it doesn't matter because this was supposed to be a BS session anyway. This was a this was a recovery episode. We just decided just to hit record and start talking. Hit so, record and let's do it. But like my thing is with with all this stuff, like just dude, people just need to take a step back and just stop being idiots on social media. Like if it's a legal fish, like don't comment. If you don't like it, don't comment on it. Just keep moving. But to bring this back to where I was at, my third I talked about this kayak thing and then this like not a John boat, but like the, the Alumacraft, the, the low scorpion type thing. And then I asked Donnie is like my third, like grouping of boats here or scenarios to fish is like, what do I like to do? It's troll. I love to troll. You guys know that. I love it. It's just something it, it's, it's going to be easier as I get older, it's going to be easier to set up for trolling and go. So where, what do you do with a trolling boat? Do I look at something like, like the tracker to me, like Donnie, that is like, to me, that is like one of my favorite boats that I've been on. Thank you. And I, I love it because it sets up so perfectly to be able to cast and troll. You can do both, but it trolls really nice. And the beam on it, it's a, it's a nice wide boat, the side console. And you know what? Like, I know the Bimini is really nice when it's like raining and crappy. But like we have a real nice day out in the water, dude. Sometimes being in that open air, it's a lot. It's kind of nice. Like it I feels agree. good. It feels good. You get that wind going, it feels right. On crappy days, you're probably getting pelted with rain and it sucks. But yeah, I would have loved to have a bimini at the Arthur tournament this year because I got pretty wet. But uh, I do, you know. I, I again. Uh, does the Bimini, you know, it, it, it gives you the opportunity to be out there longer, more comfortably, which is really, you know, if you're just about catching fish, if you want to catch fish, that's just one more thing in your favor, especially when you're trolling. But I, I, I do like being in the sun. You know, there's some days I don't think even when I get a Bimini, if I do, uh, I don't think I'm going to have it, you know, always use it. Yeah, because I do like. I like having that wind in my face if I'm trolling and getting getting a little vitamin D in me. That's all part of being out there, you know? Yeah. I got to say, like, from the moment I set foot on Donnie's boat last year for the first time, like, I really liked it because of the roominess, you know? And that, you know, I'm more of, like, a comfort level type of guy. Like, I, it's 
I want to be able to enjoy my time on the boat. And that's, I guess that's kind of my biggest problem with my, with the gym boat right now is that it's not comfortable. It's functional. It's not comfortable at all. And, uh, and so Donnie's boat is incredibly comfortable and Ryan's right. It does both. I mean, obviously any boat can cast, you know, you got a front deck and back deck, but it trolls well and casts well. I don't know, man. It, it's just a, seems like a really solid boat for the price. Yeah. And you guys have mentioned this a couple of times. I've been very fortunate over the last, like, I don't know, three, four years because I've gotten to fish with, with Donnie fish with Owen fish with Tom fish with Charlie fish with Evan fish with Todd Leah party fish with Vance and, and, you know, Dan the man. Todd Don't Young. forget Dan the man. I fish with with Dan. Doug in the Doug in the Doug. Bottom I fish with the all man. these. I have fished with all these different people, and guess what? Every single boat configuration has been completely different. Oh, Luffy uh, in in the pontoon boat. Oh my God, add Luffy in there in the pontoon boat. But yep. like, and and the thing of it is, is like I started with Dan, you know, on the tiller, and I got to be honest with you, I freaking love that Alumacraft. Like I love. I love the Alumacraft. I love that series of boat he has. The only thing I don't love is a tiller. <clears throat> but the point is, like, you fish with all these people, and you really kind of get – you really do. You, you kind of, like, pick and choose from each boat what you like and what you don't like. And that kind of, like, translates into what you want to buy or what you want to try to find with your first, second, third, whatever boat it is. My problem is – and I've seen all the good stuff from all these boats and I realized getting it in a used boat, it probably isn't going to happen. Not so, going to happen. So you got to pick and choose. You got to pick and choose and you kind of got to go, at least from what I'm trying to learn here is you got to go with the way you fish, right? Like what, what do you want to do the most? And for me, that's trolling. I want to be able to get on there and I want to be able to set my rods and I want to go at four, four, two, four, five, four, seven, and I want to drag baits all day and cover water because that's what, at least now, what I've grown into and morphed into as a musky fisherman. That's what I love to do. So I'm trying to find that deep V style, sixteen some foot boat. I don't want anything giant, you know. Side console. I don't need a full windshield right now. No bimini, bimini, whatever. And just try to find something that's going to let me connect, go, set my rods and troll. And then the occasional and wind drifting walleyes with my dad. And, you know, I think, I think you have like the that. right mindset in that, like, you've gotten to the point where you know you're not going to buy your dream boat right now, right? You're not going to get every single thing that you want in a boat with this boat that you're going to buy. So you break it down and you say, okay. Um, trolling is my main, like I'm, I want to troll more than I want to cast. So dude, you've already found a couple of boats on the market that are pretty close to what you're looking. Not, none of it's perfect. I mean, it, the bottom line is you're looking for something used. You're probably not going to find yeah, the perfect exactly. boat. It's not going to have the electronics. It's not going to have the trolling motor you want. It's not going to have the outboards you want you're going to have to kind of make it work. And I mean, that's the downside. If you want to go, if you don't want to do all that stuff, you go and you buy a new one and you finance it and you do all that stuff. You know, that's yeah. Go ahead, Donnie. 
it is in a way it's downside but i do gotta say it also that can be part of the fun of it too like it's all part of that uh you know kind of whatever you want to say growth is as a fisherman growth growing pains of of boat ownership and and all the above as you kind of start to do it you know you kind of you just see you encounter these things as you go you know you'll get this boat uh, and it it won't be you know if you're going pre-owned and honestly even if you go new like even my tracker i bought it brand new but i still had to go and and you know have a have a kicker put on after the fact and now here we are i'm going into year four i'm going to get a bimini put on mm-hmm. you know hopefully this year so you're always going to grow with it a little bit and it's going to mold to the way you fish i think as as it as you progress it kind of can progress with you you just want to get something that you know uh you feel like you can grow into for a while and then you kind of build it as you go uh you want to, you know, like you talk about the thing that I would think first with you is you talk about how you want to troll more. And if you're trying to save some money right now, like one of the ways that, you know, one of the things that maybe you could cut, if you will, from that first round of improvements would be that two, $3,000 trolling motor, you know, that mm-hmm. you could be predominantly more of a casting uh, element and you get yourself set up with the track or, or whatever, right out of the gate because that's all you know and and you add that trolling motor down the road or or you know there's ways to go about it where you can save some money and and kind of build it to suit i think there there are ways to go about things you know no matter how you feel you you want to go about it there are ways to go about it like in today's society you can finance just about anything right Mm -hmm. If you really wanted to go into debt, you could get literally any boat that you wanted if you're willing to go into debt for it. And I think we as the weekend warriors, we are constantly trying to to juggle that like, okay, a boat isn't fun if if it's the most awesome boat in the world, but you are constantly stressed about having to pay for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If, if, if it is sitting in your garage and you are worried about having to pay for it, having to pay insurance on it, having to put gas in it, ha- like that is not enjoying something. Okay. That is buying something just to own something that you can tell people, oh, and that's not even owning it. If you finance something in, 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 in the bank owns it until you pay that thing off, you technically do not own that thing. Mm-hmm. So it's a debt. It's a liability. So you, I, if you've never owned a boat before, I would think you are out of your gourd if you go and finance a brand new boat when you don't know what exactly you want. Like Donnie didn't start by going out and buying the tracker. He started with the Sylvan. No, and I was, I had one before that too. So, yeah. so all of that kind of progress, yeah. per, the progression is you learn what you want. And so when Donnie, when he went and got the tracker, like that was his, what, third boat. Right. So that's not like your first boat. So you've yeah. already known you want to be here. Whereas 
when I bought my first boat, I wasn't sure that I even wanted to own a boat. I didn't have any place to put it. I didn't have any of these things, you know? So now I have a more clear idea of what I want. And I think, Ryan, you have a more clear idea of what you want now. Yeah. And this is an interesting thing because you guys are right. Like there's a progression here. And, you know, like when I'm, when I'm looking at this, like I'll give you one example on this real quick. And then we don't have, we don't have to talk about the whole boat thing anymore if we don't want to, but like I, fi- I find this boat right on Facebook marketplace. Okay. It's got two motors. It's got a 50, it's got a 20, you know, immediately I'm thinking, okay, that's a good start. Then I look at it side console, you know, decent trolling motor, decent, you know, it's an older boat, you know, 15, 16, 17 year, whatever it is years old, which, you know, I think the other thing that's important is our wives. Okay. I want to talk about this for a minute. Our wives look at boats. Okay. And they see a boat that's 10, 12, 15 years old. Right. And the alarm goes off and it's like, wait a second. Why are you buying that old of a boat? Right. I think the general perception is like boats are like cars and it's like you see, a, and this is just, I think the perception, I'm not saying this is the case, but if I see a, a car that's 15 years old, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like I'm not buying that car 15 years old, 200,000 miles plus whatever. Right. That's not necessarily the case for a boat. Right. So no, it, that, that in itself I think for somebody that's trying to buy a boat, that's something that I've gone through personally. And I've been trying to like talk through, you know, and, and get to a point where it's like, okay, a 10, 12, 15 year old boat, it might not be that bad for the next five, six, seven years, whatever, whatever that number is, three, four, five, six, seven years, depending upon the the boat, depending upon, you know, what it, it actually it is like, the quality, not quality, but the shape it's in. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like it, 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 it kind of like, oh, yeah. it, it's hard to, uh, yeah, I think for, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want us to get uh, any letters saying that the hunks are sexist here. I don't want to say that because no, no. I don't want to just no. say generalize and say women, but so I would say like, but people that aren't, you know, accustomed to boats, yes. whether the women or men, Oh, I mean, there are men as well, but uh, like men that are you, know, you don't really like, you know, even <laughs> again, when you talk about the what did he say? He said men that are women. Yes. Those ones oh, that don't fish. <laughs> <laughs> the real grinders. Right. The grinders. Right. Uh, <laughs> oh, my Lord. Anyway, uh, I, I lost my train of thought. Oh, uh, it's like, uh, you know, again, you talk a lot of guys, they might buy these boats and use them what? Probably at best uh, 10 times a year. A lot of people. So, you know, over at best, at yeah. best, man. And like, then, I mean, think about it. I bet there are a lot of people that use their boats a shitload less. Than right. That. That's what I mean. And I'm they pay that's God knows good. what. That's, that's mean, a I've, good I've, season for a lot of people if they would get out. Every time I drive to Canada, every time I drive up there, I think in like I'm on Lake Nipissing or like I think to myself, these folks up here, they have such a short season that they can even use their boats like the Canadian winters are a shitload worse than our Pittsburgh winters, you know, and it's like these folks spend so much money on boats and there can only be used for this very short period of time. 
I mean, I guess that kind of says how much enjoyment you can actually get out of a boat. Like the people do this and how, how, how significant it is to be able to be on the water like that. Yeah. It's just this whole process. And it's, I've only, honestly, I've been really looking at boats like the last two to three weeks, like, like hard looking, like actually having conversations with Deanna and like talking through the whole situation and like, what are we going to do? Like, as far as like, you know, again, like we talked about this, like parking, where do I put it? You know, what do I do with it? How do you deal with it in the winter? And I got a two stall garage. Yeah. I got, yeah. I, I mean, but there's options it. though. There's like rent. I can yeah. rent it out. I, okay. Well, you know what, dude? I may, I may or may not take you up on that, but there's all these things there you that go. when, you know, like Dude, it, that's, that is exactly, that's, that's exactly what, uh, that you should look for. I mean, I would, my biggest problem with my boat is that I don't have a place to put it where I could actually go and hang out with it, it and yeah. work on it. Yeah. And it, you know, if someone had a, a garage where it was, you know, even reasonably close by. Now, you and Donnie don't live. Uh, I mean, it probably wouldn't be your ideal uh, I got storage a, location, which is why I've never brought right. it up before. So, I, mean, but, I got a yeah, storage so facility like three miles from my house. So there's options there. But, you know, the, the point is like, Joel Morrow said this to me. Okay. And this is like, to me, this is like one of the lines. My I president. can't remember. I'm going to my president. Oh, my president. But what... What he said, and I, I'm not, I'm going to get this wrong, but basically what he was saying is boat owners, it, owning a boat is really not that luxurious, right? Like owning a boat is not like rock and roll. Right? It's not yeah. like all the things that are associated with rock and roll. Like people have this conception and, and, and even me, dude, like I'm going to be honest with you guys on this one. Like even me, all these years, like fishing with you guys. And people, you know, like, like our friends, like people we would consider our friends, like in the club, like you guys, like Charlie, Evan, like anybody else I fish with, Mark King, whoever, you know, like the, the perception for me is like, I almost feel at times, I almost feel like, okay, I feel inadequate because I don't have a boat to go chase these fish, right? There are certain times like where I'm like, man, I, I feel at a disadvantage and I feel almost like a bum, like a leech, like a leech, a leech. The term, <laughs> the term that I would use is leeching because that's the term that's been used in the past to, to talk about this. Who on earth would say that? I mean, was, no. that on, was that on social media? It was yeah. on social media. I mean, uh, Thank you. Who on earth would say that? I mean, that's but, insane. But it's, but that's, that's the problem though. Cause that, that stuff gets said on social media. Dude, listen to me. I've been around for a long time. I, I work in one of the most volatile environments somebody could work in, okay? You are not going to say anything to me on social media that's going to rattle me that bad where it's going to, like, ruin my my day. I might get into an argument with you, and I might say some stuff I'm going to regret. But, it, it, you know, overall, like, I'm going to walk away from that. I'm going to go back to living my life. But with that said, some of that stuff can be hurtful and sometimes people take that to like the nth degree where it actually does ruin your day and bother you. So, so, but, so here's my thing is like, I, I don't even like the fact that, like you said, it can get to the level of mm-hmm. where can, like, fuck that. <laughs> I mean, I, nobody matters out there enough 
But there's to, times though. There, there's times where you course. feel you feel like almost like in a, like if you're in a group of friends that all have like boats and you're out in the water, like and you don't have a boat. Like sometimes you feel inadequate. Like oh dude, like you know like like Donnie. Like I would love to have like a, a boat similar to the tracker to be like dude. Like you've taken me fishing like how many times? Like dozens of times. I feel like we've been all on the boat and it might not be that much, but it might be. But there were like there's a point in time where I'm like. I'm thinking in my mind, like, man, this would be really cool if I had, like, a decent boat, like, people wanted to fish on with me, that I could go and, like, just kind of offset some of that. Because, like, a lot of times we'll get, like, throw whatever, 20 bucks at you for gas or whatever it is. But sometimes that, to me, that's not always enough because you're always, like, loading stuff up. You got to you gotta make the trip out. And I realize, like, as friends, none of this stuff is ever thought of, right? Like, nobody that's, thinks of this, that's right? the, Okay, so that's that's the key phrase as friends right 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 if you are like we are all friends like if if you're just some leech you're not my friend you're not like right but dude, if you're my friend i don't give a shit exactly but I, there are times what, where what it is but if you're I'm not contributing my, to that you know i'm sorry go ahead ryan i'm just saying like if you're not contributing to that overall like pool of like hey like we're gonna take your boat here do this do this do that guy whatever like sometimes you do feel like I do feel inadequate and it, it, all of this stuff is like, it's leading up to the point where like, I want to buy a boat, right? Like, and it's not so much for me, it's because I want to be able to fish like on days where, you know, I, I can get out and other people are busy or whatever. Like sometimes you just don't want to have to rely on like that relationship to get out on the water. Like some, most of the time it's cool, but like there's times where like, I want to take my dad out fishing or whatever. And like Dude, Donnie, I love fishing by myself. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I really, I really thoroughly enjoy it. Like I love I, that I too. Like being out there, it's my boat. I, I can put my music on. I don't have to like listen to anyone else's shit. Like I like just kind of being out there by but myself at times. There's so say I want to take my dad fishing. Like I brought this up. Like what was that two weeks ago? And Swink, like, Donnie, you like messaged me. You're like, Dude, if you want to come pick my boat up and like take it out on Arthur, that's like totally cool. First of all, I wouldn't, I really appreciate that, but I would never do that because I would be so freaking stressed out driving your boat. Okay. But for that scenario though, having my own setup and rig, like I wouldn't, it would just be like a chill thing. I'd be just like, dad, like, Hey, come on over, throw your stuff in the boat. Let's go. Okay. Right? So like, let me say, let me segue into something right there. You said that you worried if Donnie said, Brian, you can use my boat. When Nick and I went to Lake Nipsing, in August, in uh, September, you're clicking again. Reagan, um, what was I saying there? Oh, I was saying that, like Ryan, you had said that, like, if Donnie were to offer you to take his boat out, like you would be really, you know, nervous. Obviously, I mean, mm-hmm. understandably. But well, when Nick and I went, said to, I did. I, I I did offer to him. He did. He literally <laughs> was like, "Dude, come get my boat right now and take it to Arthur with your dad. It's fine." And I'm like. Like, you know, don't go stand on the banks all day. Come get my boat. That's why I bought it. Like, I you know, I, I wish I could be out if, if I could take the day off, but my boss is a real ball buster. I can't go fishing <laughs> every day. I'm like, good shit, go fishing, you know, go catch a muskie on it with your dad. You know, it's just, well, that's you know, exactly that's what happened when we were in Canada and remember Goldie had to have her appendix removed and Reagan's boat was, you know, like, it was ready to go and when we were out when nick and i were out on the boat with reagan on i think it was thursday 
it was like later in the day and he looked at me and he was like, I don't know how it even came up, but he was like, yeah, you know what? Like, I, I think I would let you guys take my boat if you guys wanted to. And I'm like, dude, this is a fucking, this is a, a boat with a 350 on it and an Altera and like every possible go faster you could possibly imagine. And the fact that this guy like has, you know, trust, trust me to the extent that he would even let me take it even out 50 yards into the lake. You know what I mean? And, and he was like, dude, he was like, you know, when, when I found out that Goldie needed to have her uh, appendix out and I wasn't going to be able to fish with you guys, like I was really thinking of giving you my keys and just saying, go have, you know, go out to the main lake. Uh, And I don't know, man, that just like you saying, Ryan, he could take your boat. That means you trust him and you trust his, knowledge of anything really you know just well, his I mean, knowledge yeah. of being on the water that's what i told him i said because uh, he's he's like he said he's been out with me you know more than enough times i don't know how many times i'm like you know there's he knows how to run that boat he knows where right. all of my stuff is he knows he could set it up. He could put it down. You know, like if you want to take it, I don't care. You can go take it. If this, you, but, if you bust but I know Nick, off, I, you got to put a new prop on it. You know? I guarantee if if Nick listens to this, he will remember that like the moment when Reagan looked at both of us and he was like, "Yeah, I, I think I was going to let you guys take my boat." Now I'll <laughs> be honest. We were both like, like if we were, if we were, we were both like, he, "What?" Yeah, I, it was see, like a I ninety thousand dollar boat. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. Not on that boat on that body of water. Uh, Hell no. No, nope. I, there's way too much that can go wrong there, and I can't afford to fix it. So that's why right. I wouldn't want to take it. See, and that's that's where I was at. Like, I don't even want to take the tracker. But at the same time, like, Donnie literally offered that to me after he watched me try to back that boat in at the ramp. <laughs> Honestly, that'd probably be your hardest part. Holy Once crap. Once you got it in, you'd be good to go. Can you, imagine, can you imagine the faith that he has in me after even seeing me try to back that boat up to the ramp? That's I really the, just it, wanted to see it's the not easy, video like... of you trying to put a tracker in the, in the water at Arthur. That's what I was hoping for shit gets interesting like because you know all of a sudden you're like you're trying to go one way and it's going the other way you're in reverse and like oh shit like and these are all things that you got to learn if you want to do it and i'm like i'm staring down the barrel right now it's easier to learn on your own boat when if you fuck it up it's like that's your own fuck up you know it's i wouldn't want to do that on someone else's boat Uh, i wouldn't want to be on donnie's boat and like you know screw something up you know bang the prop i mean i'd feel terrible jeez yeah man but we're we're uh we're making some progress here we've had some very good discussions in the reed household in the last two two days and look uh, the realistic okay so i'll say this the realistic the way i look at it is a boat isn't fun it's not worth it if it costs too much or if it is too difficult to store or if it causes problems in your you know it causes problems in your relationship okay mm-hmm. Like it's not fun. The whole point of a boat, we don't we don't fish for our jobs. If we, if this if musky fishing was our jobs, we would have to own a boat. 
right? But mm -hmm. it's not. So we don't have to own a boat. If we want to own a boat, we want to choose, you know, how we want to own it. And so you, you, you're going to do that in the way that you feel most comfortable. And that is not buying the most expensive boat imaginable and putting yourself in financial straits just to have an awesome boat yeah. at all. Yeah, no, I agree. And that's, you know, I think it doesn't make you any better of a fisherman. Thank you. That's exactly. And that, dude, know. that's exactly the thought that I, you couldn't have like, honestly, couldn't have said that better. You know, I, it, it, you know, it all still comes down to, you know, being out there, learning the, learning what you're doing and, and taking the time to learn the water and all that stuff. And it doesn't matter whether you're on a on the bank or on a kayak or in a jimmers or a tracker or a ranger or a lund, like you still got to do it, you know, and you still got to, got to learn it. And it, it, you know, it's just, and you're going to pay for it no matter what, in the sense that you're either going to pay for it up front to buy it like brand new and finance it, or you're going to pay for it in the sense that you're going to buy a boat that doesn't have all these, you know, the bells and whistles that you want, and you're going to have to add it or, or deal with fishing without it. You know, I mean, that's kind of the way life is. I mean, if I want to buy a car, if I want to buy a house, that's, that's literally you don't buy a five, you know, you don't buy a million dollar mansion if you can't afford to fucking pay the, uh, the, the sewage bills at the place, <laughs> you know, it's like, it just doesn't make sense to be able to finance something that you can't afford. Yeah, no, that, I mean, it makes sense, dude. And, and I don't know, it's, a, it's such a, everybody's situation is so different, you know? Yes, and, and it's about it's enjoyment. It's about enjoyment, dude. Like how you can find enjoyment in your life. Yeah. So I'm, we're going to stay on this one and I, I'm hoping that in a future episode I can, we didn't want to get too much into it. I think we kind of covered like what I've been going through well enough, but I want to get into uh, another episode where I can actually ask you guys questions like, and we want to talk through this boat thing. Cause I think this is an interesting topic and there are a lot of people like I was talking to Nate bud tonight and he was telling me a little bit about his boat <clears throat> and dude, I looked at that same boat. And we were talking about all this stuff, track techs, you know, tracks tech and all that. And I just think like there's so many people out there just in general that, you know, don't own boats that may want to own a boat. <clears throat> and there's a lot of musky guys too that I know that go from shore a lot. You know, they don't own boats. Like we talked about Jeff Contreras a little bit earlier. Like, dude, I, the kayak that he got, it got me fired up for him because that's like the perfect scenario. And he caught a musky. Like his first, his first time out, out. With, with, the, mm, yeah. with the kayak. And then he was banging on walleyes all night from shore. Like, you know, like th this is the thing though. That's because like, he's Jeff Contreras. And that's just how, that's just how Jeff Contreras rolls. He rolls. That's because like, he's a great fisherman. He is a great He's just putting himself in a better position to catch him. Exactly. Yep. And that, that works. And, you know, I just, I hope that at some point here, whether it's this year or next year, whatever. I want to find a good fit for, for me and the way I fish, but I also want to make sure that like I find something that's going to be safe and something that I can take my, my, my older dad out. You know, my dad's getting older now, dude. I told, I, I didn't tell, I don't know if I or talked my dad about hates this. My boat. 
Oh, I guarantee you, like, Don Senior would hate being on your boat too. Yeah, yeah he does not like being on it. It he doesn't feel safe on it. It's like, mm-hmm. and I don't blame him. I mean, it's it's not a boat for a six a seventy six year old guy. It's just not. Did I tell you? Did I tell the story? I don't think I talked about this on the podcast. My dad, and I, I don't know. He's I don't know if he's been listening to all of our episodes, but like my dad. I've been trying to get my dad to go musky fishing with me for the last couple of years. Okay. My dad and my dad knows that typically if I'm fishing from shore, it's probably going to be like November, December, January, February, like my typical Creek type season. So my dad, I've been asking him to go. He hasn't had any interest in going. He called me up like beginning of October and he said, Hey, I'm off this Friday. It just happened to be, you know, his birthday. He wanted to go, he wanted to go take a day off and he said, are you off this day? And I said, no, I'm working, but what, what, you know, what do you want to do? He's like, I want to go musky fishing. I was like, you know what? I'm taking off. I'm, I'm, this is the first time in years that my dad has wanted to go musky fishing with me. I took him out and we did the Creek thing hopping around and it was, it's a little bit tougher for him to get through the woods and stuff and, and do that type of a walk. I, I had, I lost three fish that day. My dad didn't have any action, but he got to, he got to see a fish go around in an eight, like four times at our feet. And he got to see a couple fish, you know, like two other fish. I hooked one and I went to actually want to hand him the rod to reel it in and the fish popped. But walking back up to the car, we, we kind of got back up to the lake and, and my dad goes, you know, I think I would really love it if you had a boat. <laughs> And my dad has never said that to me ever. He's like, I, I could see, like, I really want to try this musky thing and get out on a boat. My dad has never in our lives, from me being a young kid from like four years old, where he was taking me out to Twin Lakes in Greensburg. And sometimes like some years for the first day of trout, the best thing that happened to us was like finding a good log to sit on, right? Like we all remember those stories with our dads when we were younger. But for him to say to me, nice like, why stick? Yeah, exactly. Like for for him to say to me, like, I think I want to do this. Like, I would love for you to have a boat and me to go out with you. Like that to me changed everything. Like all of a sudden I was like, this is a whole new world for me to spend time with my dad and my brother. And and Deanna, you know, my wife out on the boat, like on a boat, like on the water and, and you get to kind of share that passion and that love of the sport of fishing, not just muskies, but anything like that has changed. That is like really made an impact on me over the last like two weeks, because you guys know how much I want to get a boat. We've talked about this for years and it's like, it's one of those, like, it's almost like you're chasing a dream and it has nothing to do with financials. Like we're, we're both financially stable. Like we both have really good jobs. And we've tucked a little bit of money away here and there, but it's always been about like, where does this fit in our lives? You know, you have to make, if you, if you were a boat owner, you have to make time to do that. You have to make time to get out there on the water and you have to make sure you're, you're, you're using it or else it ends up on Facebook marketplace. Right. And, or you end up being the guy that owns a boat but doesn't have any stories about being on the boat. You know what right. I mean? Like that. Yeah. It's just, it's just, he works all the time and that never gets to be on the right. boat. And then exactly. that's where, 
dude, I am a big, I'm a huge proponent of you get something that is in your wheelhouse financially and then you enjoy it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you do not buy something that is over your head financially that you can't enjoy. You buy something that's in your wheelhouse that you feel comfortable with. And if you feel you can get do more in two years, by all means, you upgrade that thing. But like you find your comfort zone and you be comfortable with it. It has nothing to do with it. Anyone else says someone's always going to have a bigger boat. Someone's always going to have a better boat. Someone's always going to claim to catch a bigger fish. Like mm-hmm. it's just the way this world is. Yeah. And it just, it's changed my perspective. So it's, it's not, there's no pressure or anything like that. It's just, you know, like I've been thinking about this a lot the last couple of weeks and it's, it's about like, it's about opportunities to make memories. And like, you guys know, like it, it, I can say this pretty confidently for all of us, like even Tom and Nick, like probably where we feel, I would say like, I don't want to use the term like most alive, but like, there's times in your life where you go through like rough patches with like work, home stuff, whatever. But when I'm out on the water, whether it's with Donnie or with you, Owen, or with Tom or with Charlie, Evan, Dan, with Dano, like being out on the water, everything, dude, it just, there's a, there's a certain level of like peace and comfort and just the love of being outdoors and on the water that it gives you the opportunity to enjoy that and make memories with friends and family. And to me, that's what buying a boat is about. It's not about catching the biggest muskie. It's not about catching tons of fish. It's about being able to take something and go out onto the water and make memories with friends and family. They quite frankly, to me, that's the most important aspect to fishing. You know, it's about, enjoying every moment every chance you get and just the ability to make memories and really just kind of look back on that you know after the year's done we all do like a recap right we always think about like how many fish how many whatever trips we take and it's always to me it always comes back to like pictures and like moments on a trip like i still think that like donnie that that tournament i fished with you at pima tuning two years ago Mm -hmm. dude i think about like how much fun we had on, it was a four day and literally like, I don't want to use the term grind cause I don't want to upset Joel, but it was seriously some of the hardest fishing that I've, I've experienced. It was in, a in real days. grinder. That's for sure. But that trip, like I still laugh about some of that stuff. Like us sitting in your dad's camper, watching Jim Sarek and Muskie Hunter <laughs> and dude, like the food and like, the laughing and how much fun we had, like just camping out around the fire and stuff, dude, that's what this is about. And I just feel like a boat having that and being able to do those things and experience that with close friends and family. Like that's to me what this is about. And I'm just hoping that someday soon I can get there and, you know, just have something that's capable and mostly safe and something that I can just beat the crap out of because we all know, at some point I'm going to back it into something or I'm going to put it up on a dock or I'm going to ground it on freaking bird Island up at Pima tuning or whatever. Everybody does. So everybody does. 
Yeah, I don't know, dude. That's that to me. That's like the real life stuff. You know, that's the stuff that we don't talk about enough. It's like that's the stuff that nobody talks about. Like, you, if you're a guide on, you know, whatever lake, you don't want to talk about the the mistakes and mm -hmm. things like that. Like, that's what we're here for. Like, we are the whole yeah. point of us is like we make these mistakes. Like, we're buying. I bought a shitty boat, you know, and I'm try. I've tried to make it work, and I've dealt with it for the last three years, and I've enjoyed it, but. Like, you know, it's just like everyone's, the, everyone's journey is different, you know? It's different. But the gymmers, dude, I'm telling you right now, the gymmers. I enjoy the gymmers, man. That I is, do. but that's, that's one of those, like, that's one of those things. Like, even if you say you sold the gymmers, like, next year and you bought a tracker, I promise you, as long as we're friends, we will always talk about the gymmers. Oh. Right. There will we'll always be memories gymmers. of the gymmers. <laughs> and that to me is like what this is about. Like, right. So, Couldn't agree more, man. Couldn't yeah. agree more. And that's that we all love to fish. We all love to spend time on the water and enjoy it, you know, and that's what it's about. And, and honestly, like we can wrap this up at any point, but like all the stuff we talked about tonight, we bounced around a lot, but like social media, and all this like negativity, like I'll, I'll literally harp on this every single episode we do just because I don't like it. But the fact is like, whether you have a ranger, whether you don't have a boat, whether you have a gymmer, like, dude, nothing matters as long as you're having fun and right. nobody else's opinion matters because 100%. That's it. So I feel like you guys have been like really helpful to me. And I know like even all of the hunks have been helpful to me in this, in this like journey of looking and trying to figure out what, and all the people that I fished with have been extremely helpful to me, like teaching me different things. But I will say like, dude, boat ownership is a little bit nerve wracking when you don't know what, what the heck anything is like <laughs> greasing. <laughs> just, I mean, like you said, going everything. back to the very beginning, just like just the storage aspect. Like, yeah, I want to buy a boat, but where am I going to put it? How am I going to cover it? How am I going to keep it from the elements? How am I going to do all these things? I mean, there's so many things to it. And the first thing you got to get through is like, what boat do I want? Mm -hmm. Then you can say, okay, where am I going to store it? What cover am I going to use? Blah, blah, blah. But, and I think that's where the progression of boat ownership. If you don't, if you haven't owned a boat, you're not going to go and buy your first boat and have it be perfect. I think the probably uh, one thing that we haven't touched on much and it just kind of came to me. And what I would say is, is a very important thing in anybody that's going to go out and try and buy a pre-owned boat or a used boat uh, that I learned my lesson in, in my first two used boats is making sure that this boat that you purchase has at least a somewhat quality trailer because that's something that a lot of people overlook when they're at least uh, you know if you don't know what you know much about it i know i was that way the trailer was the last thing on my mind i'm looking at the boat i'm looking at the motor i'm looking at the stuff that comes with it I never paid much attention to the trailers and, you know, both trailers on both of my first two boats were 
of not high quality by any means. And I blew bearings and I changed tires and I dealt with all of that crap, you know, and in a way it was good because I learned that you need to make sure you're greasing this stuff and you need to keep an eye on these types of things and, and all of the above. But there's a lot of uh, headaches you can avoid by making sure that, you know, you have a quality trailer that's sized right. You don't, you know, not necessarily some 15 foot aluminum with a little donut for a tire, uh, you know, on a, an undersized Harbor freight trailer. Sorry. I might've just blew our sponsorship, but yeah. <laughs> no, good job, Donnie. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Harbor freight for life. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm all know. about Harbor freight. Yeah, no, dude. I, I mean, that's something that's helpful too. As I'm looking, you know, like how do you get the boat to and from right you know, where you need to go? And that's like yeah. one of the most important aspects, but the practicality yeah. of it all. I mean, yeah. have, you, you could have a hundred thousand dollar boat. And if you don't have a good trailer and a good access point and all these things, like what, what is a boat worth to you if you can't use it easily? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So I don't know, uh, man, there's a lot to learn and, and that's not a bad thing. I've always like, I feel like if you're, if you're constantly learning, like you're always going to better yourself no matter what it is, you know, whether it's it stuff that I do every day, whether it's building relationships with people, whether it's your marriage, whether it's a boat, you know, like you're constantly yeah, yeah. learning and getting better and trying to get better. Like that's, and uh, you know, I just hope that I have the ability to continue to like learn about this stuff and, and get to that point where, you know, someday I can be a boat owner and, and experience some of the same things that you guys have, you know, with your families and, you know, other people have as well. So I don't know. We'll you will there. be, you will be sooner rather than later. That's for sure. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how it plays out, but. If I ever die, I will do the tracker. So there's that. Oh, whoa, whoa. I want to see that. In we, writing. we got, we got baby swank. We got baby swank here. Harriet if she's is anything like her mom. She's not going to want anything to do yeah, with but that. She's, boat, she's the next, she's the next swank outdoors, pro staffer, Instagram superstar. Yeah. She'll just be sitting and there tapping her foot. Give me a dirty look when I walk through the door. She's going to grow up and she's probably going to end up marrying Nick's kid. And they're going to be like, they're going to be like Doug Wagner and Jesse Baker. They're going to be like the there you next go. musky, the, the musky couple power couple. Next kid better stay the hell away from my daughter. <laughs> It'll be like the Goldbergs. Like the, the, the Goldbergs are like one of the power couples in musky fishing. And oh, I yeah. love to see that stuff. I love to see family members, like wives, husbands, like out there doing it. You know, even the, the, the Holmgrens, right? Like the, yeah, yeah the Holmgren fit devoted outdoors. Those guys, I love Dude, those guys. Crushing that, 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 what a great, like at the like, dynamic. You know, it's awesome. I, I don't know that I'd want to fish with my wife. I don't know if I'd want to musky fish with my wife, but hey, dude, but they're out there doing it and they're catching big fish. And it's like, dude, it's fun for it's fun for all of us to see that stuff on social media. That's like yep. the one positive. That's like a positive of social media. But no, absolutely. I don't know, man. We've been all over the place. What do you guys? All right, think? boys. We're ready to wrap it up here. 
I think we got an episode out of this one. I don't know, I think man. We, we did too. We didn't really uh, know what was going to happen tonight. You know, down two hunks and really probably three of us that have had mediocre weeks at best. Yeah, at best. At best. Owen's up at camp, Camp Dota. Yep. We did it. We made it happen. So. All right, boys. Who's fit? I enjoyed it. Who's You're fishing? fishing tomorrow? Are you fishing this weekend, Ryan? I'm going to fish tomorrow. I I am probably not fishing this weekend. You never know. We'll see what happens. I'm off work tomorrow. D and I are gonna go uh we're gonna go have a day. I haven't decided we haven't decided what kind of day yet, but have fun. If you decide to come up to the can to, to the Dota, let me know. Dude, I'm not saying it's not a possibility, but I we just it's nah, been a I, long week. It's cool, man. I understand. All right, boys, have a good All right. night. All right, you too. See you guys. Bye. Bye. I had to shake him on my last case. Big O don't play.